Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well, a very good Saturday morning to you. We are Drive Time Radio right here on 1150 KKNW, an unusual morning in that we are doing the show from the inside of the Cadillac XT5 SUV. And why are we doing the show in, inside this car? Because it, the power is out uh, in, the, um, in the Esperance neighborhood where I live. Uh, many neighborhoods have been restored. There has uh, obviously been a huge storm last night. So my house, and matter of fact, the whole neighborhood that I live in, is still out, although many parts of the places that were out last night are back up and running. But we, uh, you know, we try to get the show to you. We didn't want to give you a rerun this morning. We wanted to uh, see if we could make it happen live. So we will do it as long as we possibly can. And we hope that you will uh, stick with us as long as you possibly can. Got a good show planned for you. Next week, we are going to be at the Seattle Auto Show live at the Lumen Field Event Center. Uh, always, a, always a grand deal down there. Uh, we were there last year live. We, pre- we showed you the Ford Lightning truck uh, that I drove last week. We'll talk about that more a little bit later. I, uh, you know, here's how my luck runs. You know, the Lightning truck, one of the big things that's, that sells it is that if you have a blackout, you could plug everything in. And it'll, you know, it'll light your house. It'll put your refrigerator in there and everything. Well, uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, they took it away Thursday. So I was a day late. Had I had, I had it this week, I would have been, uh, I would have had, you know, power in the house. Could have hooked it up and tested the uh, theory that they have, uh, that they've tested, of course, as well. That uh, the lightning uh, Ford Lightning F100 pickup truck will uh, keep your house going in a power shortage and a blackout. But unfortunately, we don't get to do that. But we do get to come to you from the inside of the XT5, this uh, SUV from Cadillac, very fine car. And normally I would save this all for Nathan and I. And Nathan and I will discuss some things later. But, uh, you know, but I wanted to let you know that. One of the great things about cars today is they serve, and this is a perfect example, they serve not only as transportation to get us from one place to another, but there's also a function of cars today with hotspots and communication and so on and so forth that go beyond just getting you from point A to point B. Uh, it allows you, it lets you, it enables you to conduct business do a show, uh, you know, talk to, if you have a blackout and you have to talk to your kids or something, uh, you have the ability to communicate with other people, uh, not just by phone from your car, but by computer to get information, to do all of these things. I mean, again, I'm talking to you on a Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, amazing to me that we can do this, but we, we are, we can, and we will, and we're doing it right now. Um, so our good friend, Tom Volk is scheduled to join us a little bit later in the show. 
we're, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit uh, this morning. Nathan, good morning. How are you? Doing well. Good. Glad you're Better able to get onto the show today. Excuse me? I'm glad you're able to get onto the show today. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was sketchy there for a little while. Now, do we have Mark Vaughn yet? We do. We got him on the line. All right, let's get him up and going with us. Uh, Automobile Magazine is one of the, the fine writers for America. Uh, I believe he's the editor-in-chief, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't have my notes are in my computer, so unfortunately, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I got I'm going all by memory. But Mark, if I remember right, editor in chief of Automobile Magazine. Well, Automobile Magazine stopped uh, publishing a couple of years ago. Uh, I've been at Auto Week 34 years, so and I'm not editor in chief. Thank goodness, uh, that's too much responsibility for me. I'd blow it. I'm the West Coast editor, so uh, I'm uh, happy to talk to you from out here in L.A. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Sorry, sorry for the uh, the mix-up. Like I said, I'm working without uh, without notes this morning. Fortunately, unfortunately for me, because I'm hey, a guy we're all that flying blind. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a it's a crazy life. Um, you, uh, Mark, of course, has, has been on the show with us before. We get a chance to uh, pick his brain a little bit about the SEMA, the Specialty uh, Manufacturers Association uh, show that just took place in Las Vegas, which is turned into, you know, it used to be a smaller show and speed shops and this and that and aftermarket. Now, all, many manufacturers are involved in it, and it's turned into a must-see, must-talk about, must-go-to. As a matter of fact, it's probably bigger now, Mark, I would think, you could tell us better, uh, than some of the auto shows that uh, used to, you know, used to um, uh, permeate the, uh, the landscape of automobile journalism. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the show started in 19, I think, 67 as the Speed Equipment Manufacturers Association, and they changed it to Specialty Equipment Marketing Association about, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and it grew and grew forever. Uh, there were manufacturers there in abundance for the last probably 10 or 15 years. This year, Ford, General Motors, Honda, and Hyundai all pulled out of the show. But that left uh, Toyota, Dodge, Mopar, um, uh, Volkswagen was there, Nissan was there. So there are still a lot of manufacturers there. This, the show itself is huge. It's basically it's based around aftermarket products. And so every manufacturer makes something, roof racks or uh, tires, wheels, uh, optional uh, things. And uh, for the manufacturers, the, the OEMs, the car makers, they want to show what they offer so that uh, the world knows what they have there. But then the majority of the show is all these small companies that make wheels and tires and uh, uh, roof racks and all these other things that you can buy and put on your car, what we collectively call the aftermarket. So if you want to you customize your car or you just want something to add a little practicality, a bike rack, something like that, that's what this show is mostly about. And to garner attention, a couple of the uh, manufacturers have uh, uh, show cars built to display in their booths. So it's, uh, it is, as you say, it's a huge show. It's, uh, it was B2B, so you had to be in the industry to go to it. And it remained B2B for the first three of the four days. Now on the uh, fourth day, you can uh, the public can buy a, a ticket and go in and see all the stuff. And last night, Friday night, 
was an event where all the cars of the show fire up and drive out of the show, and everybody's lined up down the street cheering them on, and it's uh, it's quite a sight. I've been there for that before. I didn't go this year. And they just announced that they're going to expand that into an entire weekend event for next year. So wow. the show is evolving. It's changing with the times. Even though a uh, few manufacturers pulled out of it, there's going to be a lot more for the public next year. So who knows where it's going to evolve? Maybe it'll just turn into a public show. But uh, for now, it is big time on the aftermarket automotive parts industry. Well, well Mark, you know, it's an interesting thing going on that we see in the business over the last probably 10 years, maybe more in the last five. And that is, you know, you used to go to a showroom, buy a pickup truck, let's say four-wheel drive, and then you go to the local four-wheel drive aftermarket uh, store and you'd buy the shocks and you'd buy the rack and you'd buy this and that and slap it on the car and you'd, you'd go. Now, over the past few years, it seems like every manufacturer is um, is taking, uh, you know, the shocks and uh, the stuff and uh, the rack and this and that and the uh, height kit and everything else and putting it in a, a special model that you can buy off the showroom floor which takes the, um, you know, and the great thing about that is it's all under warranty from the manufacturer. Uh, how is that? Is, is that any effect on the show? Uh, or is, is there talk about that? Do the, do the maybe the uh, smaller manufacturers feel like they're uh, in danger of being usurped by the OEMs? Well, as OEMs are getting into it more and more, uh, the advantage of that, of course, is that you can finance all that stuff too. So when you buy your car, truck, SUV, uh, with all the extra parts on it from the manufacturer, you just throw it into one financing package. And so that's a big help for some people. But I would say that overall, the majority of, of those products and parts are still handled by the aftermarket. Even as the OEMs are getting into it bigger time, uh, the aftermarket just seems to be growing. The Las Vegas Convention Center just opened a couple of years ago this massive new West Hall, enormous thing, and that was just packed. They didn't have any trouble packing that with uh, mostly a lot of Jeep parts, Bronco parts. The Bronco was really big there. I thought for a while the Bronco had taken over the Jeep Wrangler, but uh, I, that's not that's not really the case yet. It's still uh, the Wrangler, still the most popular SUV. But yeah, the smaller companies are still doing well. The best of them are thriving, like any other industry. And uh, it was neat to see all that stuff there at SEMA. Mark Vaughn is with us here on Drive Time Radio on 1150 KKNW. Mark, uh, what did you see at the show that was new this year that kind of piqued your interest a little bit? They had uh, uh, the, the Dodge and Mopar uh, were there. Dodge had its own display as General Motors pulled out of the show. Dodge took over that space in the middle of the Central Hall, big space. They had all their muscle cars. It was kind of a farewell to muscle cars. You know, they've announced that they're going electric, as every manufacturer has. And they had on the show stand a, uh, a concept car that was supposed to be electrically driven. Uh, it wasn't clear if it actually ran or not, but uh, that thing looked really nice, and it really uh, looked like the future of muscle cars is going to you know, it's going to make the transition to electric. I know a lot of people, they want to hear the sound of a big V8 uh, rumbling and brapping under the hood, but 
uh, it's gonna the change to electricity is inevitable. Uh, we've got to do it. Everybody likes breathing air. I know I do. So we've got yeah. to do that and make that transition. Uh, Dodge. So Dodge was there uh, showing off their muscle cars. Uh, Nissan had a, a couple of interesting cars. They showed a GT4 race car. Volkswagen showed a neat little uh, GLI. Remember the Jetta GLI? They they took one and uh, made it into a really nice looking concept car there. Toyota took over the space where Ford used to be and uh, showed a whole bunch of uh, cars with a whole bunch of aftermarket uh, parts on it. They had a uh, Tundra there set up for overlanding. Overlanding is the what you and I used to call camping when we were kids. Now it's called overlanding. You right. uh, set up a, a truck or an SUV and you, get, you head off into the wilderness. They showed uh, a, several uh, rigs set up for that. They had a really interesting, um, they launched, they're launching a racing series in conjunction with SRO, the sanctioning body, and they had the, uh, the race car there, uh, and they were, you know, trying to attract attention to that and get people interested in that. That looked like a lot of fun. Uh, that sort of, <clears throat> it sort of uh, competed with the GT4, different uh, category race car that Nissan showed off, uh, a version of their uh, new Z. So... There were a lot of things, and, and the thing about SEMA is you look at the cars there, and sometimes you think it's not the same taste that you would exhibit in a car. There were uh, what is popular be, popularly been called bro-dozers, so they take a pickup truck and they just jack it up to absurd heights. The undercarriage is all chromed. There were uh, probably a hundred of those things there, and they... <laughs> I don't know. I enjoy them. They're fun to look at. I can't imagine driving them or uh, spending all the money to build them, but they, uh, those are very popular at SEMA. There are always some interesting <clears throat> show cars there, show cars in, uh, that uh, people built themselves and put out on the, uh, either on the grounds around the SEMA show, you know, sports cars, muscle cars, customized the way people liked them. There were a, a good number of um, electric cars, too. Last year, SEMA put a, an electric car section in the north hall of the convention center, and there, were, <clears throat> there was a fairly small turnout. But uh, this year they had probably about 40 cars, 50 cars there, all electric. They were given seminars on how to convert a car to electricity, and uh, which, you know, it's going to be the future. And manufacturers have sort of dabbled in that, showing uh, so-called crate motors that you could, in theory, buy. I don't think anybody has actually uh, sold one to the aftermarket because building an electric car takes an awful lot of know-how so that you do it right and don't burn down your garage. So uh, uh, we're making that transition, too, and SEMA is stepping in to help that. So. There was a wide variety of uh, old and new. There was the past and the future. It was an exciting show this year. Yeah, it's, it seems like everything I saw from it. And, and, you know, you walked into my next question, which was what about electrics? Uh, because as as the market grows and we see the electric uh, car market exploding, uh, you know, once they get enough charges out there that people really feel confident in buying these uh, electrics and everyone I've driven, I've really loved, except for, you know, the, uh, the Mazda was a little made you scratch your head a little bit with the 100-mile range. But other than that, um, 
you know, there's it, it, there's just been fun cars, and I can see a point in the not too distant future where a young person is going to come out of college or or whatever and say, gee, you know, I want some fancy wheels for this electric car. I want some fancy tires, or I want to uh, maybe try to get more power out of it or do something to it to personalize it. And 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 I think that's where you know it'll go back to like the old days of the speed shops where people would go in or the aid what what would I call aid store or the different uh, parts stores where people would buy the the add-on things and personalize their electric cars. Yeah, that's uh, inevitable. That's going to come. And one thing about electric cars is you can crank up the amps and get more power so you can accelerate quicker and uh, sacrifice a little bit of range to do that. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll, they'll offer things like uh, instead of just a motor on the rear axle, with rear-wheel drive, maybe you can add a, a motor on the front axle and get uh, all-wheel drive, better traction, more power, uh, more kilowatts. Uh, I, I think that your analogy could be correct. Their speed shops could make the conversion to tuning electric cars, but uh, it's a little bit tricky right now just because there's so much involved in that, and you have to do it right. You've got a lot of electricity in there, and you don't want to make a mistake because you'll uh, you'll be zapped pretty uh, pretty good. Yeah, you'll yeah, if yeah. you do it wrong. Maybe for the time being, stick with an extra cup holder or something like that. <laughs> Just That's to, right. Get a roof rack or a bike rack. Yeah, get a roof rack, a bike rack, or, or something like that. We don't want you to electrocute yourself in um, in your garage or in anybody's garage, for that matter. Uh, M- Mark, what are you driven lately that uh, that you really enjoyed? Uh, you know, you're talking about electric cars. For some reason, I've, I've been getting a lot of them, and uh, I, I do like them. I myself have owned an electric car for about <clears throat> 10 or 11 years now. I I got the worst-selling car in America. You mentioned the Mazda uh, MX-30 with only 100 miles range. I bought a Mitsubishi IMEV, and it had 62 miles range when it was new. Uh, we got we since got a new battery under warranty, better chemistry. It went up to 72 miles range. But that was, you know, for our purposes here in our household, that is uh, that meets 99% of of the driving that's necessary. And a lot of people will realize that uh, over time, just uh, how much range do you really need? I mean, Lucid's coming out with a a Lucid Air that's got over 500 miles of range. I don't think you really need that most of the time. And you can save weight. You can save cost. You can save whatever environmental impact a battery has by getting a smaller battery, and I think uh, smaller batteries are going to go uh, big time. But for some reason lately, I've been driving a lot of uh, Mercedes EQs. Now, the EQ is the uh, the two letters that signify in the Mercedes lineup that it's an electric car. So I've driven the EQE and the EQS, both in the SUV and the sedan form. At the moment in uh, my driveway, I have a Hyundai Kona, a little electric vehicle, and I drove that out to Irwindale Speedway last night, and uh, it was just perfectly fine for that. You know, that's that was 11 miles away and 11 miles back, and uh, it, I don't I don't have the figure in front of me for how much range that car has, but um, apart but from enough that, enough to get you there, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, you, you know, if, and I've noticed this with the because I've been into a lot of electrics lately too. Is um, is yeah, you do get that. You know, now I drove the Lightning last week, the Ford Lightning, which I love, 
And but the problem was I took it across the state of Washington and there aren't a lot of uh, charging stations between here and Spokane. If you go down I-5, you have them. But if you go uh, east, you're you start to get into a little bit of trouble. But I I absolutely love those. I, I drove the GV 60, uh, the Genesis, and that might have been the car of the year for me because it just was an unbelievable um, accomplishment in an electric car that made you feel like it, you know, it had power, it had grace, it had speed, it had everything in it. I mean, it, it really was. Yeah. I mean, I, it was just that kind of car where you got in that car and you said, I don't care if this is, I don't care if Fred Flintstone's in the trunk running with his feet. I want this car. That that GV60, I had one uh, a couple weeks ago, and boy, that thing is impressive on so many levels. Just the, the way it has facial recognition. You don't need a key. You just show up, it looks at your face, you know, you have to scan it when you first get the car, and and then it recognizes you and lets you in, lets you start the car. You don't even have to start the car. You just put it in drive and drive away, and then when you get to your destination, you just, you know, put it in park and walk away, and it locks it locks the door, it does everything itself. That Genesis GV60, I, I was really impressed. That little shifter knob, you saw that, that... Oh, around yeah. and it looks like the car of the future. It was uh it was really cool. They're having fun with that. And I, I think that electric cars can be a lot of fun and you know, embrace the future is what I say. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, we've really I mean listen, we have a lot of people up here that are ice people that will never let go of their uh, internal combustion engines. But one of the things I do see and it was interesting, I did a an event a few weeks ago with uh, the power company up here uh, that's busy running around trying to get the power back on. And um, we, they had a, a, an electric car fair. And the one thing that was interesting that I noticed is there were a lot of older people. Now, everybody's saying, well, this, this is for the new generation, you know, for the millennials or whatever. But there were a ton of late 50s, 60s people who came over and looked and said, wait, this is a great thing because I don't, you know, the price of gas is killing me. Maybe if I buy a Chevy Bolt or something like that, I have the perfect car. I don't take long road trips anymore. I, I puddle around town. Maybe I go to the grandkids' house or this or that. It was interesting to me to see that as opposed to, you know, the whole thing was geared toward getting millennials in, yet their grandmothers and grandfathers were coming and looking at the cars and going, wow, this is this could be something that would be very helpful for me. Yeah, I you know I look at it. Uh, we made the transition from horses to cars, and there's still horses around. If you like horses, you can ride a horse. You can own a horse. You can uh, you know do uh, do all kinds of things. Go on a pack train, whatever people do on horses, race them around the racetrack. Uh, so they're not they didn't disappear. And internal combustion will still be around, still be available. Uh, it, you we race vintage cars nowadays, and uh, yeah. that's not that's not hard to do. So. Uh, you know, but the transition, the future, we've got to, we've got to, I, I sound like a tree hugger, but, you know, we're all breathing the same air. We don't want to be polluting it, and uh, let's uh, let's make this transition. Now, people will say, oh, you're just shifting the, the pollution to the remote power plant. Well, yeah, okay, but even the most, uh, even the, the worst coal-fired power plant, if it is used to produce electricity that goes out on a grid, and powers a fleet of electric cars, it is still cleaner than just driving gasoline, that same fleet as gasoline cars. But in my case, at my house, I have solar panels on the roof of my house, 
and they're going down and charging uh, the electric car. So, and I've been doing that for 10, 11 years now. So I tell people, think of it, if you struck oil in your backyard and you built an oil refinery and you made your own gasoline, would you do that, you know, free gas? Uh, yeah, I guess I'd do that. And, uh, well, it's the same with solar panels on the roof of your house and uh, an electric car. So now it's not perfect. Not you know, it's not every single kilowatt hour that goes into my battery is not directly from the solar panels. But don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Great words, absolute, Mark. It's good to talk to you again, man. Hopefully, we'll, we can have you back sometime soon. It's always a a pleasure to catch up with you. Good. Look forward to it. See you then. All right. Take care of yourself. Mark Vaughn joining us from uh, Auto World Magazine, and uh, has uh, as I said, uh, just a. Uh, a, uh, a a good perspective was at the SEMA show in Las Vegas. If you ever get a chance to go to this show, if you're in Las Vegas this time of year, um, it's uh, it's it's a show that uh, that that really is Candyland for anybody who uh, drives a car. Uh, and as Mark said, electric or gas, uh, you know, four wheel drive, overlanding, camping, or just standing an extra cup holder. It's all there. I'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about the Seattle Auto Show that is coming up. I believe Tom Volk is going to join us at uh, some point here, and we'll talk to Nathan. Uh, we'll do the Ovini. What are you driving this week? And we'll talk about the Ford Lightning as well and my experience with that over the past uh, week or so. Uh, it is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. This is 1150 KKNW. It's time to winterize. Sinclair, that means check. Lubricate, check. Transmission and differential, check. Hoses for leaks, check. Fan belt, check. Drain radiator. And put in Sinclair antifreeze. Change to Sinclair Triple X. The multi-grade motor oil. With nickel added to armor plate your engine against winter wear. Finally, fill up with Sinclair Dino for fast winter starts. Worry about winter, what for? You've got Sinclair winterizing. It's time now, winterize at the sign of Sinclair. At Sinclair, we care about you, about your car. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, back with you here on Drive Time Radio, live from the Cadillac XT5 this morning. Power's out here in North Seattle, uh, Edmonds, Shoreline. So uh, we are broadcasting the show this morning uh, through the courtesy of the hotspot in the Cadillac XT5. And, you know, it's, it's funny, too, that I'm driving this uh, uh, car this morning. It's a small crossover, nice station wagon. I think my brother has one of these. Uh, has had it for a, a long time and loves it. Uh, not the XT5, but whatever it is, this previous iteration. Uh, iteration. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I'm having a little trouble with the English. It's been a long morning so already, and it's not even 9 o'clock yet. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I crack myself up. Uh, so, anyway... Uh, you have this uh, the, the spectacular vehicle, and it has a hot spot in it. And a hot spot 
enables you to uh, conduct business in it as much as uh, the lightning last week. Uh, these days in these cars, uh, you got to have it. It's something that uh, you, you know, especially if you in, in trucks and cars that you're going to use on the road for business, you got to have the hotspot now. It's the, you know, it, it's uh, and and through that hotspot. And, and I'll tell you what, the one that the Cadillac puts in this car is uh, is the best. It's really the, out of all the hotspots that I've used, the OnStar system that they use here in the uh in the cadillac and the gms all the gm cars use the same uh system i've done the show now a couple of times on these systems and um they're, they're they work flawlessly of course now that i've said that we'll see what happens yeah uh, it was funny too because i was on aurora avenue before i was driving down i was gonna actually go to shoreline cars and coffee and do the show and I, for whatever reason the signal wasn't that great there so i hightailed to back up <clears throat> excuse me the shoreline uh, to um edmonds and uh outside the studio but i noticed that <coughs> excuse me brotherton cadillac my friend brad brotherton uh and i noticed this especially because i was driving i'm driving a cadillac this week which i you know i gotta tell you this car this Cadillac, I can't really show you. You know, I'm not able to show you the, uh, uh, you know, what I would like to, and 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 uh, about this car. But it's this deep midnight blue. And my dad had a Cadillac, the same color as this car. He actually bought it was a '63 sedan Deville, and he loved it. And he he bought this car. He bought it off a customer of his. And it was such a clean, beautiful Cadillac. It had a light blue interior and the leather on half the seats and cloth. And it was, it was just gorgeous. It was, you know, it was everything that said America in 1963. It, it really was, it, you know, smaller fins, but yet the fins were still there. And it, you know, a big, big car. And it was a light blue cat. I never forget this car. He took it. And he he uh, he had it painted this midnight blue color, and the car was gorgeous. I mean, it was just it was something to see. He was so proud of this car. Like three weeks after he got it, after he got it back from the body shop, they stole it from him, and he was. Uh, he was pretty brokenhearted about it, to be honest with you. And he had other Cadillacs after that. Uh, but this was his, you know, his, his thing was Cadillac. So it's really cool to me to drive a Cadillac uh, when I get a chance to. And uh, as I said about Brotherton before, you know, uh, um, I know the Brotherton family a long time. Good cougar, good cougars and, uh, and, and good people. Uh, Brad and his dad, uh, who owned a dealership before he did, and his family. I've sat with them at the uh, at the Rose Bowl, even watching the uh, Cougar game. And so their new showroom, their Cadillac showroom, uh, is is just completed. And it's just I was driving down a raw and I saw it, and it's gorgeous. So Brad, if you're listening this morning, beautiful job on that place. Uh, I'll give you a call or see you at the show next week. And uh, we'll, we'll get together and, uh, and and have a little toast to the new dealership. And if you're driving down Aurora, uh, Upper Aurora, you'll see it there. 
and uh, just a beautiful job on it. I know it's been like two years that they've been under construction there, but the end result is pretty good. All right, the uh, Seattle Auto Show is coming up next week. Uh, starts next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, we will uh, have tickets to give away for the show. We're gonna do it. Uh, we're gonna do two pairs next week, and we're gonna do three pairs through social media. So if you go to our Facebook page, if you're on Facebook, or you go to our Facebook page, go to my Facebook page, NY Vinny. Ricci, it's NY Vinny Ricci. You uh, like my page and follow it, and uh, I am I will pick out uh, two people this morning uh, after the show that we will give tickets to. So if you want to go to the Seattle Auto Show, you can go to either NY Vinny Ricci. You can go to Drive Time Radio and TV and follow that. Or you can go to our newest Facebook page, Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? It's Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? And uh, follow any one of those. And we will uh, look at it after the show this morning, as soon as we get the power back on. And uh, two people that sign up this morning will do that. Or you can go to Twitter at NYVinny. Just go on Twitter. A lot of people are getting off Twitter, but uh, I'm still there, for, at least for the moment. Um, I wonder if they're going to have autonomous tweeting on Twitter. Anyway, uh, enough with the jokes. But we'll uh, we'll do that. We'll give we'll give uh, two pairs of tickets away that way. And then next week when we're at the show live, we'll give away a pair of tickets. And we'll also have another pair of tickets that we're going to give away Uh during this show let's uh let's get our good friend tom volk in here from uh the seattle auto show and of course uh, a million other endeavors that he has he is uh he's busy as heck is tom volk. how are you i'm good how are you i'm good we're actually doing the show from the cadillac xt5 oh well with the hot spot what a nice place to do it from if you're going to do a show, do it. For, it's better to do it from a Cadillac than a Chevy, right? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I I own both, so I I would know. <laughs> yeah, you you you're one of the early adopters, especially the XLR, right? Is it not the X? It wasn't the XLR that you got. XLR. Yeah. So you're what three in three years into that, right? Uh, I bought that back in 2016. Wow. So. A while, yeah. Um, for those who don't know, because the ELR is kind of a unicorn, um, it's a plug-in hybrid. You know, it goes 35 miles on electric only, and then you know, if you want to drive to Tampa Bay, you can do it on dinosaur juice. And um, I typically buy one tank of gas a year because wow. you know, most of my driving every day is under 30 miles, right? So yeah. I, I'm a big believer in plug-in hybrids, you know, when they're used right. Um, and my wife has a Chevy Volt, not a Bolt, a Volt. Right, which was, it, which is also the hybrid, keep the uh, keep the anxiety out of out of it a little bit. And and both cars, I, I mean, I, I, that ELR, uh, I remember the first time I saw that car in Detroit, I just, like, I started drooling. I said, this is, you know, 
something something that's that's going to turn this whole deal around. It didn't as I thought it would, but or GM I think thought it would. But boy, Cadillac is really um working on some interesting stuff right now, aren't they? Yeah, the the Lyric, which is their all electric vehicle. Um, I've been able to drive that. Um, and it's um it's like one of the best electric cars I've ever driven. Um, regardless of price. Um, and and I'm talking about Porsche Taycan. Um, you know, Tesla Model S, all that kind of stuff. Um. For $65,000 with all-wheel drive, and I only drove the rear-wheel drive one, um, I, I know that it's going to be one of those vehicles they're never going to be ma- able to make enough of. Yeah, yeah. it's stuff. It's, um, and I think once people see it, actually see it in person, because I think in the pictures it looks kind of busy and cluttered, but in person, it it's a great vehicle. And 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 it's not because I own a Cadillac, um, because I am famously not brand loyal. Um, right. So, anyways, um, well, I'm I'm, uh, you know, when I saw you there in the car, I was thinking, hey, perfect, he's hosting. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be some, you know, it's a car show. You may as well host it in a car, right? Uh- <laughs> So we're going to get together next week again, you and I, and, and do our thing at the uh, Seattle Auto Show, which I'm I'm excited for. Last year, um, I guess the big electrics were the uh, the Lightning, which yeah. uh, is a fantastic truck, and the uh, Kia EV6, which has taken off, you know, like crazy. Um, what are we going to see this year? Obviously, there's a ton more electric cars out there to look at. Uh, what what's what what am I going to be looking for when I get to the show uh, on Friday? You know what? Um, special treats. Um, the new GM vehicles, the GMC Hummer, is going to be there, um, and even better uh, cars that we can afford: the Chevrolet Equinox. EV and the Chevy Blazer EV are going to be there. And here's the deal. Um, You won't be able to see that car for another six to nine months because they're not even in production yet. So if you're thinking about buying an electric vehicle, um, this is the perfect opportunity to come down to the show and take a look at these two vehicles. It's the only place you're going to be able to see them. Um, Right. there's a lot of buzz, um, especially about the Equinox, because the Equinox with delivery is supposed to start at like $31,000. Everybody's talking about electric vehicles aren't affordable. This one is, and it's the form factor that people like, right? It's an SUV. Right. It, it, it's got, it seems to, from uh, outward appearances, be everything that everybody, you know, the average Mr. and Mrs., America would want in their driveway, uh, you know, decent range, easily, um, you know, very, um, uh, very economical and that you're passing the gas stations all the time, uh, roomy, comfortable and uh, with a lot of options. And yet it doesn't break the bank to buy it. Uh, we're starting to get into that. You know, we've seen so far all of these electrics that, you know, 70, 80, 90 in that range, but now 60, maybe low end. But now I think in this next wave, 
we're going to see the affordable. Um, and maybe, you know, the pandemic delayed this for a couple of years. Maybe, uh, who, who knows? Maybe they got their heads out of their butts without uh, with autonomous driving and said, you know what? I think it's more important that we build electric cars now. Um, and, and, and have put autonomous stuff kind of over to the side for the moment. Uh, to develop these electric cars. Ford just backed out of the, a deal for, that they set some $12 billion into. But the money is going where it, it, it should be going right now. And that is, uh, you know, it's more important to save the environment than it is to have, um, you know, people running around twiddling their thumbs while they're driving down Main Street. I mean, that's really what it is. And so now we're, st- we're going to start to see, I think, a lot of just affordable electrics that are decent cars. I mean, you know, you can go out and buy, I mean, that's the Chevy Volt, uh, excuse me, Bolt, the Bolt. I mean, you can buy that car for uh, probably on with tax credits, 30,000 bucks. And that's, you know, these days, that's a below average retail price for a car. Average retail price of a car these days is $47,000. And you know what? The Chevy Bolt, the EV and EUV, are terrific cars. In fact, EUV, you can get it with GM's Super Cruise. Um, And have uh, have you used Super Cruise? Yeah, I I drove the Volt EUV. uh, No, the Bolt EUV with Super Cruise. I love it. I love Super Cruise. It's the best semi-autonomous driving uh, that that I've, I've experienced, bar none. It is, you have to be on a divided highway that's LiDAR mapped, but it's super confident um, and it doesn't pester you. I I did it in a Cadillac uh, X, X uh, geez, their nomenclature, CT6 uh, years ago when it first came out and it's improved. I went from Tacoma to Portland as an experiment, never touched the wheel, never touched the brake, never touched the throttle. It, it really is amazing. Uh, it, it's and and the thing with that one is is again, and, and you hit hit the, the main point. It is, excuse me, it is. There's a confidence about it that I don't see in other um, uh, semi-autonomous uh, types of 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 driving systems. It just it has a, a you, you put that you, you know that green light comes on on the top of the wheel. And you're just going, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a music guy. So for me, I kind of like the fact that I can clap along for the songs. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I met him on a Monday. <laughs> the, uh, and, and for people who aren't familiar with it, I will point out that there is an actual little sensor that knows that if you're, you know, posting cat videos to Twitter um, and it says, no. Yeah. You know, have to be present and accounted for and i actually found that by not having to deal with speed or anything like that i mean and i like to drive but i found in that long distance sort of thing i was actually more aware of my surroundings than i normally was um which kind of surprised me um but you know i i mean I'm sure that somebody will find a way to abuse it. <laughs> yeah, we're human, right? To America, right? I mean, it's. Just, I mean, that's human nature these days. That's what's gonna. That's what what is gonna happen. Tom Volk is with us. 
a, a good friend, a longtime friend uh, of mine and uh, my uh, my compadre over at the Seattle Auto Show. Um, a couple other things. That, I mean, uh, and you're going to be able to get in the electrics and drive them. You know, the great thing about the electrics, they can, you know, you, the old days you used to have to go outside to drive a car. So they were kind of reluctant to let you drive a car. The electric, you can drive it right downstairs in the in the building. There's no emissions. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a fantastic thing. What else, Tom? Are we are we going to see there um, for the for the people who are the diehard ice people who don't want who will never get into an electric car until they're dragged into it? Well, um, I'm looking at my list because there are so many. I will point out that the electric highway. If you do want to drive an electric car, uh, the list is. Uh, we have, uh, the, uh, the ID4, the, the Volkswagen ID4, Ionic 5 from Hyundai, Porsche Taycan. If you want to drive a Porsche Taycan, this is your chance. Uh, Jaguar I-Pace, Polestar 2, Audi Q4, which is kind of new, um, and the e-tron Sportback. Um, and, um, as far as ICE cars are concerned, the BMW X7 is going to be there. Um, we are debuting the Dodge Hornet, um, which is everybody loves crossovers. That's going to be there. The Alfa Romeo Tenale is going to be there. Um, we have some actual stuff there. This I know. I, 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 I looked at the list of stuff that was going to be there. And I was very, very enthused at, at what I saw. Yeah. I mean, as a car guy, I'm, I'm like, I want to see that. I have I haven't seen the Blazer. I haven't seen the Equinox. I saw the Tonale concept a couple of years ago, but I haven't seen the real thing. Haven't seen the Hornet. I haven't seen the Acura Integra yet, which is you know on sale. Um, the uh, for pickup people, the Maverick is going to be there. A lot of people are very excited about the Maverick because it's affordable, and the new Ford uh, F1 or F250 Super Duty, the all right, which one. was just released. Uh, they just did a thing at the Kentucky uh, at the Raceway because they build them in Kentucky. And um, who, who Tom, who's winning the electric race? Is there one company that's standing out with you and win and and, and uh, heads above everybody else or is everybody kind of on equal footing on this thing right now okay well at the moment i would say that you know other than tesla that is established um right. i would say that the hyundai group is kind of killing it right now because they have the ionic 5 they have the kia ev6 and they have the genesis gv60 and Everybody to a person that has driven those cars loves them. Every single one of them. My dad bought an EV6, um, and yeah. he's he's thrilled with it. Now, in the next year or two, um, knowing what I know is coming out, um, and I knowing the technology behind it, um, I think General Motors is gaining on it. And, you know, I'm a little tired, um, not that I need to be General Motors PR flack, but I'm a little tired of people beating up on General Motors because they make awesome vehicles these days. And statistically, all of their brands are well above average in the reliability, um, above some of the things, that, some of the brands that you would think are much more liable. This is statistical. This isn't just anecdotal. And, yeah. Um, so they've got 
they've got the new the Hummer uh, uh, SUV coming out. They have the Lyric coming out. They have the Celestic, which is a three hundred thousand dollar electric vehicle that very very few people are going to be able to afford. But it's amazing. And then, well, it's it's a halo car, man. It's 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 yeah. a car that you know you're going to look at and go, oh my god, you know. I, I mean, it's a I made it car. Yeah. And then, you know, the Equinox, the Blazer, the Silverado, the GMC Sierra pickup. And what a lot of people don't understand about General Motors' new Ultium battery technology is um, it's got some really cool things to the point where each one of the modules, which are very easily replaced in case something goes bad, they talk to the system wirelessly. They're not wired in. And I was talking to an engineer and he said, we know that battery technology will get better, right? So let's say six, seven years down the road, for some reason, one of your battery modules of the eight modules needs replacement. They can replace it with a better one. And then the computer can say, oh, this is a new formulation. It's better. And And it can be integrated into the system. So it actually improves the car. Um, there's all sorts of advantages. Um, it's a really cool thing. Um, you know, the, the other thing is, is that there are so many, you know how it is. It's like a fire hose of information about all of these new vehicles and all these new technologies um, that are coming in the next three, four years and battery formulations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, um, it's a really exciting time to be covering this industry. I always analogize it to what must have been happening back in the early uh, 20th century when there were tons of car companies and except now, you know, Henry Ford was doing a thing and Durant and uh, all of these people that were, you know, building cars in garages and uh, horse carriage places. And except that now it's all on the Internet. We can see it all every day. All we got to do is go to, um, you know, whatever uh, media we look at and it's and it's all there. So we're tuned into what's going on. But we're in the middle of of this of of this uh, automotive, this mobility uh, thing that's going on that really analogizes to me back to when cars were brand new. we, We figured out they figured out a better way to do it and they're switching over and. It's just, you know, somebody who follow, has followed this business for years and years and years. It's fascinating to watch what's yeah. going on. And that's the great thing about the auto show is instead of just looking at it on the Internet, you can go down there. You can sit in it. You can touch it. In some cases, you can even yes. drive it and, yeah. and get a sense of, is this for me? Electric cars may not be for everybody. But you can get a sense in a couple of minutes, you get in that car and you can say, wow, this is completely different than what my neighbor who hates electric cars told me it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and two things. One, about the show. I have always felt that, I mean, you know, we talk to people who buy cars and you think, wow, if they would have only looked at this or this or this. Um, you know, I mean, everybody buys a car for a reason, but a lot of people don't do the research. The auto show is the best 
money you will ever spend if you're even thinking about buying a car in the next year or two, because what you just said, um, everything's fresh in your mind. You'll see what the interior looks like. You'll see if the interior works for you. All of that kind of stuff. It's really, really important to be able to touch stuff. Also, you're exposed to stuff that you you would not look at. You'll 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 maybe see a Hyundai Tucson and go, oh, I like that so much better than a you know fill in the blank, or you know you may see oh the new Honda CRV is out. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so many things. And then quickly, I want to segue to the EV thing. EVs yeah. are not for everyone. And I know that there's all this, oh, we're going to eliminate gas cars by 2035 and all that kind of stuff. Gasoline cars are going to be with us a long, long time. You know, it's right. like, calm down because they are, they're all going to be, I mean, for one thing, you know, they're, even if they're sold up until 2035, those cars will be around for 20 years. Yeah. I, I mean, the hearse that will take us to the church will be a gasoline-powered hearse. Oh, I'm going to request an, ele an electric one myself. But, you know, I, I mean, it, th those cars aren't going away. What you're going to have, and, and this is the great thing about the show, is that you're going to have choices. You're going to be able – you'll buy a car like you buy clothes. What fits you the best? Yeah. Uh, and, you'll, and, and the dynamic will change uh, because – you will order cars now. You'll go back to the system that was back in the 50s where you go to the dealer or you just go online and you order your car and they call you up. It's in. Come down and get it. it yeah. It's really going to be a whole different thing. Tom, next, I will see you next week. Actually, I'll see you before, during the week because we have our press preview. Okay. And then we'll get together next Saturday morning and uh, we'll, we'll walk around the show. We'll look at things that are going on. And uh, we'll hang out. It's a, it, it's always a pleasure to see you, pal. It's always good, and it's good to see you in a Cadillac, man. It's a good look. Hey, I'm a Cadillac guy, man. Cadillac, Cadillac, long and low, shiny and black. <laughs> well, you know, I, and I love this 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 midnight blue, which is what they call this color. Uh, my, I was telling the story before you jumped on. Uh, that my dad had a Cadillac, a 63 Sedan DeVille that um, was this color. And, you know, I'm feeling like my dad's spirit is kind of following me around in this car this week. You know, <laughs> the only thing is I told, uh, uh, I, I tweeted um, uh, uh, Royce, the head of GM, I said, the only thing I'd like to see in the lyric is I'd like to see the, the taillight come up. And you plug it and charge it in there like in the old 55 Cadillacs where the taillight used to have the gas under, yeah. you know, the you put the gas I in under the taillight. Yeah. It's the only thing I don't like about the lyric. When you push the door, the door kind of goes, it's electric, but it kind of goes, ar, 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 ar. it's like, guys, it, it, it's it's like, mm, you need to improve on that. And it, I, a few bucks. And, and do it right. You know, you, you're asking people for that kind of money. Spend yeah. a few dollars and do it right. All right, Tom. We will uh, see you uh, next week in, live and in person. Thank you very much. And All right. We're going to thank everybody else as well for listening to the show on radio and, of course, online, wherever we may be, uh, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you get us online um, or in our podcast. 
uh, which is available on Apple and Stitcher and many other podcasts, uh, Bodegas all over the world. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you to George Jackson, to Keith Slater for uh, the sponsorships of the show. And we will catch up with you next week at the Seattle Auto Show. Please come down, say hello. It'll be a blast and you'll be a part of it if you come down and say hello. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next week if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Have a good one.